Welcome everyone to another edition of Up in Flames here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, VP of Off the Ball Network and obviously host of what you're listening to now, Up in Flames. And I got a special guest with me today. I got my guy, Chris Bolton. A guy, you know, we we play 2K together. We 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 part of off the ball network together, but he didn't got a little Hollywood on us. Oh, so we man, haven't I been Hollywood. able to have we haven't <laughs> been able to have these conversations. So this definitely gonna be a good one, kind of make up for lost times between the two of us. But Chris, what's going on, bro? Man, what's up with it, Mo? Good good to see you again, bro. It's it's been a long time. Yeah, it's it's really been a while. Like, you know, we touch up and have our conversations uh in the you know the network group chat. But at the yeah. same time, we, we haven't had one of these just sit down, you know, and, and no. what better to do it than on Dash Radio? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly, man. We had had one of these good barbershop convos in a minute. Yeah. We're about to catch up for lost time. Yeah. So for those who are listening, just know this isn't going to be that analytical episode that y'all are looking for. There's been a lot of trade rumors. The NBA Finals is obviously starting running and it's a great final. So we're going to talk about that. This is more that barbershop feel. So sit back. Enjoy the ride and tune in. So, Chris, we're going to start. We're going to jump straight into the juicy stuff. Everybody's breaking down the NBA finals. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody here tuning in on nothing but that is just going to hear different versions of the finals. So let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about these trade rumors. Obviously, we're going to start small and we'll go big to the most recent of trade rumors and the most recent Mm -hmm. name. And so we're just a a spoiler alert. We're going to build up to Damian Lillard, but we're going to (laughs) start off a little small and we're going to talk about Colin Sexton. So, Chris, as we all know, it seems like Cleveland is willing to trade Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. and it really looks like he's going to be traded pre-draft. There's been some names uh, that have been really close to wanting to acquire Colin Sexton. Obviously, our guys at the network, they have mixed emotions. It depends on which Knicks fan you talk to uh, <laughs> that would love Colin Sexton on the Knicks. I think that makes perfect sense. But before I really go in and see where I would love Colin Sexton to go, Chris, Colin Sexton, what are some of his best fits? Some of the teams mentioned, where would you like him to see? And just the overall situation about Colin Sexton and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think the Knicks would, would be a nice, you know, uh, a team for Colin Sexton to go to someone. You know, he's a he's a young scorer, you know, a certified bucket that's really trying to climb up in the ranks. Uh, I definitely think, you know, he, he would love that big market, you know, say who, who wouldn't want to play in the garden. So I can see him. Right. Uh, you know, the young bull, as we call him, you know what I'm saying, really fitting in and he'll embrace that New York culture. And uh, I think he'll be a, a great fit there. You know, he's he's kind of like, you know, one of those scores in the mold. I think Tom Thibodeau would really like. We've seen Derrick Rose get off and he can create buckets, get buckets in the isolation and the pick and roll. I think, you know, Sexton, he'll be someone, you know, of course, not as athletic as, you know, how D Rose used to be, but someone that kind of same lead guard that can go out there and get buckets for uh, Thibodeau in his system. Right. And so the biggest problem for me is some of the, you know, we're, we're real attached to Nick's Twitter at this point, being a part of off the ball network. It's put me in a space. Exactly. (laughs) I haven't had no choice gotten, you know, so, so I've had some good convos with some Knicks fans. Obviously we're in the chat with a lot of them, but Mm -hmm. what I'm not understanding is the knock on Colin Sexton, that his play and kind of, I won't say elite. He's not there yet. He's not a superstar. He's not really an all-star. I think he's borderline. I see it being there if he gets away from the Cleveland Cavaliers because they just don't win enough games. But that becomes the problem for me is everybody's looking at Cleveland's record and it's like his gameplay doesn't 
amount to wins. But like if you look at that Cleveland, if you right. look at that Cleveland Cavaliers team, like that team is not built to win. I understand, you know, and I had this conversation with a good friend, Coach Fly, and I understand mm-hmm. that if they were winning, he would get all the glory. But it kind of reminds me, if we put on the football tip, a great talent of Matt Stafford, who no matter how good he is, he's just on such a bad team, they're not going to win. And so obviously this year we'll see a different, you know, we'll see him in a different hey. situation. I think Colin Sexton is the same way. Maybe he's not as an elite guard in the NBA right now as Stafford is as a quarterback. But I do think that looking at Colin Sexton is like he's a good talent in a bad organization and they don't know which direction. We can keep it even even more local. We can take this back just a few years. They were saying the same thing about Kyrie Irving, bro. You know, Kyrie was out there doing this thing for Cleveland. Didn't wasn't a winning organization. He's playing alongside Dion Waiters, and they had that thing going on. It, it wasn't a good team. And right. turn around, you bring in a LeBron James, and it's like, oh wow, Kyrie Irving, he, he's amazing. No, he's been great. He was great before LeBron got there. He just wasn't in a winning situation. Exactly. And so they're one of those organizations. If they're not winning, you don't see them. So basically. When LeBron's not there, you don't just watch Cleveland Cavaliers basketball, especially when we talk about on the national scale. And some of the the casual fans that don't just dive deep and care about all the young talent, they're there for Mm -hmm. the narrative-driven basketball, which is okay. Everybody doesn't have to be, you know, as deep in the hoops as we are. But I just – I don't like that argument. And then for me, another team – and this is a personal bias a little bit, but it does make sense. I agree with your Knicks take – because if I go back and look and I watch the playoffs, what were they missing? They were real reliant on Derrick Rose. What they the were missing was a three-level score. Right, exactly. Right. And I think they were missing a three-level score, a guy who can get his own bucket and can also – he can facilitate the offense, but he doesn't have to be the facilitator. You had Derrick Rose who could do that. Emmanuel quickly could do that. But so could Julius Randle as a stretch four. He could do the same thing. He could ignite an offense – catch it at the elbow, you know, dish, get to the bucket, get his own Mm -hmm. shot. But they were missing that as a guard from a guard perspective. And when you look at it, this is a guard-driven and a wing-driven league nowadays. And so I think Colin Sexton, had they had him, you would have had a guy who could have went – I'm not saying he's better than Trey Young. So when I say, but you had a guy who in any given moment could have went bucket he, for bucket. He could have went Trey Young with him, bro. We saw in the regular season he he exactly. went toe for toe with the Nets and won. <laughs> exactly, and I know it's on a larger scale because we talk about the playoffs. But what you needed was just that guy when the offense crashes. You need a guy who, no matter what, I could get my own bucket in an ISO situation. I could hold it down. And Derrick Rose, even an old and, and battered Derrick Rose, looked. He did that and played that part really well. He, he played as well as he could, but I mean, we're just exactly. keeping a buck, bro. This is this is a old. This is past his prime, D Rose. And if he's your number one perimeter option, it's just not going to cut. Exactly. And we saw a game where Alec Burks got hot, but it's still one of those. I think I don't think he's the difference in the Knicks winning a championship, but they they are far away from winning a championship. But they're so good. They need to improve a little bit and at least to win that first round. You you build to a championship outside of getting your Kawhi Leonard's or LeBron's. You don't just jump from. I just made the playoffs as a four or five seat to a championship team without a major move. But Colin Sexton could be the difference of making it out of the first mm-hmm. round in a building block. He's young. And, the and Knicks plus, have a bunch of young talent. Exactly. So, and, and those guys, those superstars aren't just going to jump to a situation. They want to see like, okay, there's a few pieces in place that's going to attract me to that. 
You bring in a exactly. conversation, you never know in two years what free agent might be attracted to come to New York. Exactly. And so to, to go to my personal bias, and I say this because of what they were missing during the playoffs, the Miami Heat, it makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know what it would cost. And so that would be my only hesitation is you don't want to overpay for something that you need when it's not the best version of what you need, but it's still a really good version of what you need. I think Colin Sexton will fit in Miami. We Jimmy Butler was supposed to be the guy, but I think just throughout the season, he was gassed out. We saw in the NBA finals prior when they were in the bubble, Jimmy Butler could get his own bucket whenever he wanted to. It didn't matter the series. We expected to see that same Jimmy Butler in this playoff series against Milwaukee, and he just wasn't there. Bam played poorly, and then we had Goran Dragic. Obviously, he's aging. Kendrick Nunn isn't. He could get his and own bucket, but you need a consistent guy. And I think Tyler, Tyler Sexton Tyler could Hero be Tyler wasn't, Hero, he wasn't bubble hero this postseason. Exactly. And then and, and so everybody wants to say they were fraudulent, but what it was is they came into the next season with the same exact team. And teams who have that kind of success – they still, even when they have more success than expected, typically they make an adjustment or two to improve the team. Now, obviously, that's what they brought Victor Oladipo in for. He got injured again. I felt like that was a gamble anyway because, obviously, mm-hmm. injuries is a thing with Victor Oladipo. So had he, he have been healthy. The, the Heat didn't give up too much to bring him in either. Right. It was, you know what I'm saying, it was a, a small risk. But that was their plan was like little risk, big reward. Obviously, mm-hmm. they knew what they were – Victor Oladipo in his game when he is healthy was the type of player they were missing. I think Colin Sexton can fill that void. And I know another pushback on Colin Sexton is whoever trades for him is going to have to pay him. But you got to think about it. Guards who can get their own bucket is is worth every penny when it really comes down to it. Colin Sexton is not an injury risk. He hasn't had any major injuries in his career so far. He's still very young, obviously. But when mm-hmm. you talk about paying a guard who could get his own bucket on a consistent basis, that kind of money, it becomes a good investment because he's so young. He's only going to get better. We've seen nothing but improvement from him since he's been in the league. He's very underrated athletically. People don't realize how athletic Colin Sexton really is for his size. And I look at how Cleveland is constructed. They're so guard heavy. They can afford to continue a rebuild. I mean, their rebuild is going to take a while, but they could afford to lose a, a Colin Sexton and bring in. If you look at a Miami, obviously, if they're if we're getting Colin Sexton, they're probably going to want a Tyler Hero. And it's that's not. I'm not fully yeah, giving up. I think he's going to be the focal point, and I'm not fully giving up on Hero. But I know right now, going into next season, after being a team who would be two years removed from being uh, in the NBA Finals, and then a year removed from being turn around and getting swept in the first round. You have to make some improvements and you have to gamble. But at the same time, I don't think it would be as much of a gamble because you know Colin Sexton, if he continues the trend, he's going to be an all-star point guard. A lot of people is like, well, he's not a top 10 point guard. Well, think about it. Six or seven that's of the, the deepest top 10 position point in, guards. That's one of the deepest positions in the league. It I is mean, the deepest position in the thing. league. Yeah. And six or seven of the top point guards are aging. We talk about Steph. We talk about Kyrie. We talk about Dame. You know, uh, we could talk about uh, who who else is older. Chris Paul. Some mm-hmm. of those guys, they're aging. They're on the, the wrong side of 30. Yeah, they're if, going downhill, right. Exactly. And then you have the emerging point guards, the Jamal Murrays, John Morant, even Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is on the wrong side of 30. So mm-hmm. then you look and you take those guys out because if we talk about two to three years from now, that wave of players will be on their way out, if not out. And this new wave, we'll be talking about Colin Sexton, Jamal Murray, John Morant. 
you know, those type of players. And I think Colin Sexton will have the case in a better situation of being right in that conversation alongside of those guys. Yeah, I, I would love to see how his growth and progression continues to see if he can reach that all-star level. But I feel like I feel confident saying at the very minimum, you're getting a Lou Williams type player. You know what I'm saying? Like you get exactly. someone that that microwave score. If he's on a contender right now, I don't know if this is the role that Colin's looking for. But if he did go to a contender, he could easily be uh, maybe if he comes off the bench, be a six man a year, just the fact and get starters minutes, and he could average 19, 20. I mean, he's that kind of player. So if I was a contender, I would even look into maybe trying to acquire him and see if you know a Golden State maybe even try to acquire him and see if he could be that punch off the bench. That's probably not the role he's looking for. But if I'm a team in in the NBA, I'm in the market for Colin Sexton because there's exactly. a role for him to succeed. Exactly. And another – so I look at what where Colin Sexton will fit to me is who is missing his type of ability. Another team is the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a huge offseason for the Los Angeles Clippers. Especially we won't really get Brandon. into the situation, but – Kawhi Leonard is a free agent and he has not signed. Obviously, he has not signed a long term extension. He's never come out and committed to the Los Angeles Clippers for the long term. We thought when he got there that they have him pretty much for the rest of his career. This is where he wants to be. Obviously, with that injury and what happened with the medical staff, there's some doubts that he wants to be there. We're hearing rumors about he would be intrigued by we I've seen Chicago. I've seen Miami. Obviously, this is all rumors. We can't put our bread in one basket and say that this is all coming from Kawhi because we know that's the quietest guy. The only There's only two people in the world who know what Kawhi Leonard is going to do, and that's Kawhi Leonard and good old Uncle Dennis. Outside of that, Dennis, nobody, nobody <laughs> knows what he's going to do, but I look at what the Clippers were missing. They were missing a scoring point guard. You put Colin Sexton alongside, if they make a trade, you put him alongside Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because Colin Sexton's value is not going to cost you Paul George or it's not going to cost you Kawhi Leonard in a sign and trade unless you're going to lose Kawhi anyway. And Kawhi is not going to give you the benefit of sign and trade to go to Cleveland. So we don't have to worry about that because, you know, when free agents are unrestricted, that sign and trade is a good gesture to look out for the organization. And I will allow yeah, you to sign me that, and trade me to the LeBron, destination. That LeBron that, James signing to the heat. That was the sign. And Chris Bosh, it was the same <laughs> thing where it's like, I will, I will let you as an organization because of the love I have for you, not completely lose me. And you know, salary cap and things like that can kind of prevent you from just flat out signing a free agent. So sometimes you have to do some salary dumps. But I look at Colin Sexton, and I think that makes perfect sense with the Clippers, too. Either L.A. team, because that's what both of them were missing, was that scoring point guard. When Kawhi is not a playmaker, neither is Paul George. And Colin Sexton, there's an argument for him that he's not really the greatest playmaker. But I guarantee you he would up the stakes of being a playmaker when he's dishing to a Kawhi Leonard, when he's dishing to a Paul George. Because guys like him that are young sometimes feel like, I'm not passing the guys who aren't on my level. Well, I mean, but let's, we, be, let's keep it a bug, man. He's been out there in Cleveland. Who has he got to pass it to? Exactly. He, he, he ain't had nobody to pass it to. So, I mean, the, he's that. of course, he's going to be out there looking for his own, trying to get buckets. But to follow up your point about the Clippers, I think that's a safer bet if I'm the Los Angeles Clippers organization to acquire Colin and trust in his progression and what he brings to the table than what Reggie Jackson just did this postseason, him being able contract to duplicate year. that. On a yeah. contract year. On a contract year. And he went crazy. He was like the top isolation scorer. One yeah. of the top isolation scorers this postseason. Yep. I don't think you can bank on that happening again, man. He was having 
all respect to his game, he was having an out-of-body experience this postseason. And I don't know if he's going to be able to repeat that. So uh, let's bring in the young bull, the young buck, who still has something to prove. And I think he would definitely is a, a much safer bet than trying to re-sign Reggie. Exactly. And really, like you said, a young buck who would be a part of a building block to continue the success of an organization. When you talk about Kawhi Leonard, another guy, you know, coming up, I think he's 30. Paul George on the wrong side of 30. He's 31, mm-hmm. 32. So you think you have to think about a lot yeah, of I organizations. Resign too, honestly. I think it's tough. That that's a tough one. Uh we'll 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 get into that a little bit, but I do think Colin Sexton, he's a good building block. If I have a Sexton, I got Kawhi and Paul George, I can start looking at how I build with age, aging vets that are looking for one-year deals because we see that with these guys who have these superstars, the Kawhi Leonard's, the LeBron James. They're, you know, aging vets will go there for one year, take the vet minimum or, or a little bit over to ultimately try and win a championship. And if you bring Colin Sexton, you put all your bread in that basket, him, he'll have a year to prove he's coming up on a contract year. So I guarantee he's going to ball out to show you the money that he deserves. And then you sign him for the long term. I think Colin Sexton will still be a good building block. And some of these young players that haven't signed their extensions yet, you have to pay attention to that. Also, you have to look and like, if I have Colin Sexton, I am in the city of LA, even though I'm little brother to the Los Angeles Lakers, I still am in the city of LA. I still have a pitch and I have an owner that will pay whatever to, mm-hmm. to have a winning team. He will buy a ring. Oh, if yeah. he could have he, had Kevin Durant, life. if he could have had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, he would have paid a billion dollars to make it happen. He's willing to pay to have a championship team. We've seen it. He, outside of Mark Cuban and Pat Riley, he's one of the most, well, Pat Riley's the GM, but he's involved. He gets a little too active. You, you yeah, saw the clip. Ballmer's very <laughs> active. He's kind of owner slash GM. I know they have a GM, but Still, he's very involved, but at the same time, it's because he wants nothing more than a championship. Obviously, you know, you've seen Mark Cuban. He he wanted the same thing. He finally has his championship, but he want, he got that taste, and now he wants it again. The, you know, the ownership over there in Miami, they had that great run with the big three, two out of four. They've gotten one when D-Wade and Shaq partnered up. Now they're missing it. They're like, I want that taste, and that's why Miami's name is in all these guys, John Collins, possibly a trade for Colin Sexton. You know, uh, we'll get into the other guy in a little bit. So I want to move on to the next guy. The next, well, you know, it's it's levels to this. We was on level three. We're going to drop down to level two because it, it gets bigger. And we're going to talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, it seems like now, at, when the season ended, it seemed like Philly was willing to work it out. Now it seems like Philly is taking calls for Ben Simmons. We see the Cavs are involved. We see the Pacers are interested. We see the Sacramento Kings are interested. We've heard rumors that Golden State is interested. I'm not sure how true that is, but you know the the names that we thought we were going to see with Cleveland and Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, they're all Indiana, which Indiana is a surprise to me. But I think they're looking at somebody to pair with Sabonis and and have some winning. They got Karis LeVert. It makes sense for Indiana, honestly, because I mean they've they've kind of plateaued. Like they they've hit their their point. Right. I don't, that's a team that needs to have something shaking Make up a to move. take things another to yeah, to another level. So yeah. Yeah, so I look at some of the teams and I look like okay, well, if I'm Philly, then I'm looking at Colin Sexton. And I know you're very high on Philly with what trade packages they have for certain players. Like I said, we'll get into the main we'll get into the main <laughs> course 
you know, we on our side dishes right now. We'll get into the main course in a second. But I know you're very keen on Philly has a nice package to offer for anybody. And because their package can be centered around Ben Simmons, I think Colin Sexton, just going back to him, that would be a nice kind of swap. Maybe figure out uh, the the salaries won't match, so you'll have to figure out some pieces here if you're Cleveland. But to get Ben Simmons, I think Ben Simmons just needs a fresh start. We talked about this a while ago. It's been that mm-hmm. long, but we've talked about this a while ago when we thought Ben Simmons and James Harden would basically be kind of a swap, maybe a, a Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey for James Harden. And we felt like it was great for both sides because Houston would be you know, giving up James Harden. They basically would be saying they're on their rebuild. But mm-hmm. I think you can build around Ben Simmons. I don't think Philly is built around Ben Simmons. I they think they're built around Joel Embiid. And so with that, I don't think Ben Simmons is a good piece around Joel Embiid. So therefore, mm-hmm. I think he could go somewhere to a, a, a lesser organization, a Houston, who I don't think Houston will have the hardest time of getting free ages or making some moves. It is the city of Houston. It is in the state of Texas. You got to think about a lot of these players, especially some of these young guns. They have a Ben Simmons. If he shows improvement, you know, we thought that would have fit perfect because now you start over and you'd be like, okay, we're going to build our team around Ben Simmons. Now we can build it the right way. And if Ben Simmons gets aggressive, he's Giannis. Like it's that simple. If he just gets aggressive, he's Giannis. Skill wise, he's more skilled than Giannis. If he just has Giannis's aggressiveness and, and doesn't have, if he gets Giannis's confidence, because he's afraid of two things. He's afraid of the three-point line, and he's afraid of the free-throw line, which prevents him from being aggressive. So of, of the teams that have been named, we have, you know, the Cavs, the Kings. We'll, we'll even say the Warriors. I'm pretty sure that's everybody's best fit because of what the Warriors can give and what the Warriors still would have. But even of the Kings, the Cavs, and the Pacers, where would you like to see Ben Simmons go? Or even of the teams not mentioned, what makes the most sense for a Ben Simmons trade? I, I'm a, I'm a shock you with this. I'm, I think I might surprise you a little bit, but I like San Antonio. I like him with the Spurs. I think, uh, you know, a team that we know they can develop great talent. We saw that's the franchise that developed Kawhi yeah. Leonard. So they're proven to develop players. Um, you have some pieces there that I think Philadelphia would be interested in some guards because they're pretty guard heavy. Dejounte Murray, Murray he, and Lonnie he, Walker. Who, and and when you have Dejounte, there there's going to be a, a little bit of a fall off defensively with Ben Simmons. You know, trading him away, what he brings to the table because he just competed for you know Defensive Player of the Year this past season. But Dejounte right. Murray is a great NBA defender, so at least you keep your defense you know very well. So I think you know maybe tr- you know try to pick up a Dejounte. They also have a Derek White who's also a good young guard as well. So there are pieces there. Um, that you can try to acquire that would make sense. And for San Antonio, you know, they've been sucking that middle ground. It's been tough for them to get that franchise guy. So you can get someone who you know has that pedigree, has that talent, and, you know, allow Pop and this organization to try to bring the best out of him and get back to the old San Antonio ways. And I'm pretty if, – if San Antonio can't develop you, San Antonio, Toronto, organizations, OKC, organizations like that, if they can't develop you, then you just not going you just don't have it. So I think that would be a great fit for him. He'll be secluded. He'll have to worry about Spurs Twitter isn't going to be on his back. They're just going to be happy to have Ben Simmons. So he's not going to worry about none of the naysayers and all that noise. He can go out there, develop, get right. I think San Antonio would be a great fit for Ben Simmons. 
And I'm with you on San Antonio. And I'm going to tell you, two days ago, I wouldn't have been. But I had a conversation with your guy, Walker Bailey. <laughs> you know, the, the wizard Walker Bailey. Yes, and, sir. You know, nothing but respect to him. But he, he put it in perspective. He's a Spurs fan. But he also put in perspective that once it got mentioned that the Spurs are interested in a Ben Simmons, how it makes a lot of sense and the pieces that they could trade. You mentioned Derek White and DeJounte Murray. Now, I think if I'm San Antonio, you get one or the other. I'm keeping one, especially mm-hmm. I think it's centered around a DeJounte Murray and even a Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. I think that trade makes the most sense for Philly. If I could get DeJounte Murray, I think I'd rather you have get, DeJounte yeah, Murray. defense and you get a, a, a possible scoring punch, too, with, with Lonnie. You know what I'm saying? He could try. Right. And like up. you said, you lose a little bit defensively, but you don't on def- defense on the guards. The, the little bit that you lose is the fact that Ben Simmons can kind of maneuver and guard a two or three or four. And maybe even if he has to be in a predicament, he could guard a five because of size. But at least on-ball defender on guards, you, you don't lose much with DeJounte Murray. He's a great on-ball defender against guys his size, against point mm-hmm. guards, you know, the mm-hmm. same the same position. So I think that trade would make a lot of sense. Obviously, to me, Ben Simmons to Golden State probably makes the most sense because when you look at how a team would have to be built around Ben Simmons, it would be like a team built around Giannis. Get him and surround him with shooters. That's how you would get the most successful. That's why they have Chris Middleton. Drew Holiday isn't the greatest shooter, but the tenacity that he brings on the defensive end and he can knock down shots and get hot is why that team is built the way it is. P.J. Tucker, we know he's like the corner three assassin. Uh, if you look at the numbers, he's like the greatest corner three-point shooter <laughs> of all time. What's then you interesting look at- about Golden State, though, is are you going to trade Draymond? Because at that point, you got two people who are very who are unwilling to shoot. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And on, I, on I said – I said that that would be the issue is do you give up on Draymond? And it's that's a tough position because for a business move, you basically would be getting a little more skilled. You're getting Draymond. Draymond. Green. Draymond is this is Ben Simmons yeah. is is pretty much what like a, a 2016 version of what Draymond was. That Even all, probably a little bit all, better than that. A skill because yeah. he's, he, he's more skilled. But the loyalty factor to me, Golden State seems like a really loyal organization. Steph is still there. Clay and is still there. Presence. We don't. You know, I'm saying the intangibles that Draymond brings. You'll be losing that. So who's going to be that voice in the locker room now? If you it would have to Draymond? be Steph. But you know he's kind of I don't want to I don't want to say this in a bad way but you know he's Mr. Nice Guy he's not that guy that just you know Draymond will throw a chair to get his point across but I and, think when you look at Ben Simmons surrounding and him also too though we haven't seen Steph have to do that I mean that's just that's, yeah, that's just true what Draymond has been that, too, that's so. true but you surround him with Steph Curry Clay Thompson you and, and let's just think about the possibilities there's going to be some unhappy suitors out here some free agents you you could bring in a JJ Redick. Because the key mm-hmm. to having a Ben Simmons would be surround him with shooters. And people are like, well, Steph would have to bring the ball up. No, he wouldn't. What, what One thing people forget about Steph, Steph is great coming off the screen also. Because there hasn't been, because That's, he's been able to bring the ball college. up. <laughs> exactly. But because he's been able to bring the ball up and he's improved year after year to make him one of the greatest point guards of all time. And really one of the most exciting and one of the greatest players in NBA history is because of his will and his work ethic to improve and not just settle to be a great shooter, but to improve to be a great player. But he's still, if you talk about Ben Simmons bringing up the ball with Klay Thompson and, and Steph Curry coming off of screens, 
Bro, you gonna, can't stop that. Especially if Simmons gets too. Especially if Simmons gets aggressive. Now you're talking about the threat of him attacking the basket, not fearing the free throw line. And what better way to become a better shooter and a better free throw shooter than two of the greatest shoot, the greatest shooter of all time, and then one of the greatest shoot, one of the top five, probably top three greatest shooters of all time, and Clay Thompson. They can work with you on your form. They can work with you at the free throw line. They're going to have all the tools to make Ben Simmons at least an adequate shooter to the point he's not afraid. And I don't need Ben Simmons and to shoot threes. I about to say also, let's just say he doesn't develop his shot. He's in a situation where he still can succeed and be the best version of himself because the floor will be spaced. He can dot these guys in the corner on the wings. He can... They can do pick and roll with him. He could be the short roll man in the same role Draymond was in and has, you know, he's a special passer. He's a great passer. So he's going to make the right reads off of that or he's going to attack and get dunks and layups. I mean, either way, whether he develops anymore or not, he will be in a situation to succeed. Exactly. That's the most important thing. That's the biggest thing is his skill set right now is all-star caliber. We've seen him make all-star games. He has all-star caliber skill set. I just think he I think he needs a fresh start in a different, you know, in a different he just, area. He and needs I, to be built around him. Like you, exactly. you said earlier. You said earlier this team has never been built around him. The the most we've seen a a roster that resembled one that was built for him to succeed was I believe it's it's been 3 seasons now, but when Embiid was out and they had Bellinelli yeah. and Ilyasova on that Philadelphia team. Yeah. And Ben Simmons was looking like a possible league MVP. And they had those guys filling it up, you know, getting knocking down three balls. That's the closest we've seen a team look that was built for Ben Simmons. So I would love to for him to be in a situation where he can do his thing and, and really we can really see him be him. We haven't seen that yet. Exactly. 100 percent. So we, we've talked about Colin Sexton. We've talked about Ben Simmons. So. This might be a little lengthy scenario. Let's talk about the guy. Let's talk about the guy of the <laughs> offseason right now. Damian Lillard. It came Dalla. out. Yeah, and, and so Dame has rejected rumors, but you have to watch his interview to understand that he, all he rejected was that he never formally came out and said he wants to be hey, traded. I'm but a, also cold right now. <laughs> exactly. But also, if you pay attention to what sources have told us, it isn't that Dame has requested a trade. It's that Dame is expected to request a trade. So now the reporters jump on these questions and is like, have you asked out for Portland? No, I haven't, but I haven't really considered my, I haven't weighed my options out. Is basically what he said in a, in a, in a nutshell. Said, I, I, if you look at this team, um, it's not a championship team. And he said that coming out of the playoffs. He's like, we need to improve. But then the, the answer at in Vegas is that it was, I haven't really, in a nutshell, I haven't weighed my options. So therefore, he's like, I've never asked for a trade, but I've also haven't thought about what my <laughs> options are right now. So I think, you know, Dame, we've seen this every year around the Olympics. These guys get together and they start having oh, yeah. an interest of playing they, they with each recruiting. other. <laughs> we saw it with the Redeem team. Look, two years later, after the Redeem team steps on the court, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, you know, joined forces. And the thing was, it wasn't going to be Chris Bosh. It was going to be Carmelo Anthony, but his interest to kind of return home in New York kind of got him and getting that back. 
up, man. He 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 signed that deal. It was the year prior. The year prior, yeah. He messed everything up and signed like a longer deal, and their contracts yep. weren't up at the same time anymore. That was his fault. He dropped. He he messed it up himself. Right. So, and it was one of those, I think he really wanted to be in New York. And I think at that point in their career, they were about to hit their prime. So even Melo probably looked at him and was like, we could join forces later. We're going to be here and we're going to be all stars yeah. for the long haul. But for the next four to five years, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to get this bag. And that's exactly what he did. Carmelo was like the, the face of, bro, it's not about championships. It's about the bag. Because that's what Carmelo Anthony did throughout his career. He got the And bag. true, when you look at him, too, I mean, he won the championship in college. So, of course, he's going to look at himself yeah. and be like, I know I can win a championship. Exactly. So. He, he's he's a championship caliber player. And then we know, you know, Olympic Melo is second to none. He's he's literally. Hey, Olympic Melo going at it. When you look, when you look <laughs> statistically, Carmelo Anthony is the greatest player who's played for the USA Olympic team ever in if we had time, I would jump into the USA team, but we ain't even going to talk about that. We'll talk about that on another edition yeah, of Up the Flames. Dollar, but, yeah, about Dame Dollar. So there's there's been some there's been so many rumors wrapped out since it's been apparent that he's expected to ask out uh, and expect you know to ask for a trade. Now, my problem with Dame asking for a trade is he doesn't have the leverage that we've seen previously with Anthony Davis. Or, or, or some of the other guys that have asked for trades, Russell Westbrook in Houston, they don't have, you know, uh, they, do, they don't have some of the same leverage. Like Dame doesn't have that same leverage. Dame has a couple more years on his contract. We saw yes. AD force his way to LA. Actually. Yeah. Okay. So he has four. I thought it was three, but it is four. So Dame doesn't have the leverage. Anthony Davis had one more year left on his deal and basically put out there, whoever trades for me, not named LA Lakers is only getting me for a one-year rental because I'm going to make my way to L.A. And so, therefore, it forced New Orleans' hand and it upped, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers' hand because everybody else backed out and was like, I don't know if – because the price for Anthony Davis was going to be steep no matter what the organization – who the organization was. And I think all the other organizations backed out because they're like, I don't want to pay this and I'm not guaranteed to have Anthony Davis for the next four, five, to six years where L.A. – it was a guarantee, and even though he had opted out of his player option to sign a long-term deal, once he got to L.A., it was a guarantee that they were about to have him for the next at least four to five years. So, and then they That's gained the his thing bird here, rights. Though, with Dame, too, though, if you look at it, if I mean, with him having so many years left on his contract, he's low-key, if he does request a trade, he's doing Portland a favor. Because this is, I mean, what, what better time were they going to have to rebuild? You know what I'm saying? Right. Now you, you can get max return for uh, Dame Dollar, for Damian Lillard at this stage with him being locked into the contract he is. And whoever you trade him, you trade him to, you know he's approved it. So you know and he's you know, down and you're going to get everything you can out of them. And you know who messed up the value, the trade market right now? There's two players. Uh, yeah, Paul yeah, George. Harden. But I, I wouldn't even say James. I would say Paul George. And I would even say um, Drew Holiday. Those oh, guys yeah. messed up <laughs> because I feel like for both players, each organization overpaid, especially Drew especially, Holiday. And we're talking about Dane, yeah. who, pay, who plays the same position. So, you know, it's come out that there's about four to five teams that have Dane's interests. And so we say, you know, it's the New York Knicks, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, the Golden mm -hmm. State Warriors, 
And I've actually, you know, we had a conversation. There's been reports about Philly. Yeah. Yeah. We and and that's what I was about to say. You know, we had a conversation prior to seeing the report that it was only those four teams, and we saw that Philly would have his eye also. So I'm gonna let you. I'll go with where I think Dame makes the most sense, and then where I want to see Dame go. But because I know where you think Dame makes the most sense, and who could offer the biggest return, I'm gonna let you go. Where if Dame is trade if he if he gets traded where do you want to see dame well i mean i I, the the golden state fan in me aside i won't say them because i would love to see him in golden state but i think philly would be great of course i mean let's, let's, let's just be real like philly has to get him you you weren't able to get james harden and i think if they get if they had james harden I'm pretty sure they make it to the conference finals. All respect I'm pretty to sure what, they make it to the finals. All respect to what the Hawks did and everything. But, yeah, um, I, I think a team with a healthy Embiid and healthy Harden, I think they probably beat the the Bucks team that got, you know, past the Nets. But that's it, a whole butterfly effect, you know, with that situation because, you know, Harden was on that team, whatever. But, anyways, you can't fumble the bag twice. You got to somehow. There's been two MVP caliber guys who've been up on the trade block. James Harden, you weren't able to get him. Okay, well, you need to get Damian Lillard. You have to get Damian Lillard and and match him with Embiid. Those two fit well together. He gives your offense that closer that they desperately need in crunch time on from the wing, from the guard, uh, you know saying, as a guard and on the perimeter. He is that guy. That's what they needed. That's what they missed. You couldn't depend on Tobias Harris? No. Tobias Harris is going to give you 18 points or maybe 20 points and he's going to do all that in the first 36 minutes of the game. Yeah, so. and, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, so you said you said a key phrase which is why I'm going to go my direction. You said fumble the bag twice. You can't fumble the bag twice. And who was the other team that fumbled the bag with James Harden? The Miami Heat. <laughs> James Harden was interested in the Miami Heat also, and it was the the not wanting Tyler Hero, not wanting to give up Tyler Hero, is what stopped the trade from bringing that's, that's James Harden to South Beach. That, yeah, that's true. word on the street. We don't know how true it is. We know just I, for the I people out there, we are not connected. Not we're we're not connected, but I will say Chris is verified. So you know <laughs> what he says goes. He's Mister Hollywood now, but we aren't connected to that situation. But at the same time, I will say seeing that. You fumbled the bag once. Like you said, Philly fumbled the bag also. And so we look at, but had Miami had James Harden, they probably beat Milwaukee. Or they at least take it to a seven-game series where it's like. It changes the whole dynamic. Of it, changes, <laughs> it changes yeah, the man. whole series. So I look at it and like Dame, you know, uh, allegedly, you know, we don't know how true it is. Honestly, until Chris Haynes reports it, I can't really hold He's the one really value. locked in with Dame. Right. He's locked in with Dame. He's been locked in with LeBron. Like some, he has his guys around the league, and you know Anthony Davis, LeBron, Dame, Ben Simmons, those are his guys. So when he reports something, then I know it's legitimate. And so if if Dame, if he comes out and he tells us Dame really does want out, Dame wants out because Chris Chris Haynes has been very accurate when it comes to the personal relationships he's had with these guys. And so I look at Miami, and I don't think Miami can fumble the bag twice. I don't know. Now, granted, their trade package a year ago, you know, coming into last season, looked a lot better and a lot stronger than what it does now because Tyler Hero's value has depleted a little bit. 
Uh, and that, that's but, why I low-key think I don't know if, I don't think it's gonna happen with them. They 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 missed the window, bro. That was the opportunity with the uh the the playoffs that Hero had coming out of then. You know what I'm saying? You had that was your time to make a move. So we'll see. Yeah, 100 percent And so I look at because of the value depleted of some of the players, the Duncan Robinson, who he's gonna have value because he's a knockdown shooter. But he's also a restricted free agent. So it's going to come down to if you include Duncan Robinson in a package, it's going to be a sign and trade. Tyler Hero, I don't think he has the same value, but you have to look at the knock on Tyler Hero is his lack of improvement coming into this season. But at the same time, now he has a full offseason to really focus on his game. He's come out and said that that, you know, this is this offseason is going to be very key. I didn't have that same opportunity coming away from the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. To to really focus on my game for the next, you know, my second year. And we know when we see rookies ball, the second year can really be a step back. We saw it with Jason Tatum. Year yes. one, he gets to the Easter Conference Finals. Year mm-hmm. two, he takes like two steps back. And we're like, man, is Jason Tatum going to be the guy ever again? You know, there were people that questioned, like, is he ever going to be that great again? And now look at him. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a bona fide the season. He all NBA. You know bona fide future superstar. So uh, if he's not already, if you don't consider him a superstar already in the next two years, uh, I don't have him as superstar level. I have him as high caliber all star. But it's just because, you know, to be a superstar, you got to put the work in. I can't give you superstar status in two, three, even four years. You got to get through your rookie contract. You got to sign that deal and i know jason tatum did but now he's about to hit the years on that deal where now Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna see him become a superstar he's gonna be inching into that you know after this contract he's gonna be in his prime so what he does then is kind of where we've established everybody as superstars we there's not really a lot of guys who are true superstars they were box office but even there's like seven six sevens you know true superstars in the league that's not a knock on anybody if you're not a superstar (laughs) exactly because at, at that point there's levels to this and just because I don't have a Jimmy Butler, who I think is an all-star caliber player on the same level as a Kyrie Irving, who I think is like a high caliber all-star player. But I think Miami needs to really take this Dame situation serious. If he is really very well interested in coming to Miami, I think they need to take this very serious. And you look at what Miami was missing. We talked about it with Colin Sexton. And Dame is the max level that you would get for what you're missing. You were missing a scoring guard that could just take over those games. Jimmy Butler failed to do that when you thought that was going to be his role, and it's not a knock on Jimmy. But Jimmy's getting older, too. So you look at a possibility of having a Dame, a Jimmy, and a Bam out of bio as a big three. You expect Bam to come back a lot stronger. He's about to have some experience in, in around these all-stars and superstar uh, type say, players. He, he sees all those guys out there shooting. He, exactly. I, I guarantee he comes back with a jump. It, it's going to up his level. And we've saw it with a lot of teams, who, uh, a lot of young players who were able to make that uh, Olympic team that they, they came back the next year and they were ready because they, you know, they're teammates now. It's not about what jersey you wear in the NBA. Y'all all wear the same jersey representing the same country. So they're all for the, the improvement of you. And they're all trying to go out there with the co- same common goal. Let's win this gold medal. Let's show everybody that USA still runs and, the world in basketball. Like said, iron sharpens iron. And when you're around the best of the best, it's only all it's going to do is bring out the best in you. So, the, you know, those guys, they have no choice but to come back better. 100%. So I look at, I think Dame definitely fits what Miami does. You talk about this heat culture and it's the grit, the the hard working, you know, just that gritty type of player. And Dame is like, what? He'd be the, the best player since Dwayne Wade and LeBron James to put on a heat uniform. 
obviously, obviously, you know, he won't exceed what LeBron did in Miami, but he'd be the best player since that era to put on a Miami Heat uniform. They're always, they've always been borderline a playoff team. They get Jimmy Butler, they go to the NBA finals. So they definitely compete for the playoffs every year. But just to up that window, I don't know if they're in a championship window, but I think if they add Dame Lillard, the price is going to be steep. I think you're going to get away from your depth. I think but they you are do, with Jimmy Butler being older. This is just your time to win. Exactly. And you do have, you did, you're a year removed from the NBA Finals. You went to the NBA Finals. I know it was the bubble and, you know, everybody like to make their jokes. And, you know, I've even had my takes and my, and my outlook on Miami making it to the Finals. And but Dame with Jimmy? Look, the Hawks are coming. There, there are teams in the East that are coming. The Hawks are coming. They, they exactly. Just and that, so you and that's to, another you thing. Now. You need to, if you have any team that sees their window, to win, you need to go ahead and hop in. It's it's now. So if the Heat can make that happen, you know, pull that off because uh, these teams like the Nets are going to still be here another season. The Hawks are only going to continue to get better, especially if they can mess around and have Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter healthy at the same time. Good luck. Exactly. So. <laughs> and, and that's what I say. And then you look at what this wild offseason is going to consist of and the three players that we've talked about, you know, thus far. Teams are looking to improve. Then you have guys who knows if Bradley Bill, you know, he's with Team USA. Who knows if he wants a piece of the pie and wants to start winning championships. They got a new coach. Obviously, you know, salute salute to their new coach. I'm glad he got the job, but maybe he doesn't have – I'm sure he would have Bradley Bill in his plans, but then you even think about a Russell Westbrook. Russ, I don't know ever – I think he embraced being in Washington, but I don't know if that was ever his destination. So teams are – are going to start making phone calls about some of these players. Mm-hmm. They're going to look to improve. And that's what happens every year. Teams that fell short of whatever their common goal was is like, okay, we can't run it back. And I think that's where Miami comes in. But another team, and I'm going to do it because they all of them ain't liking it because the price would be too steep. Damon, New York makes a lot of sense. It makes To me, it makes more sense personally for Damian Lillard. Let's let's think about it. I mean, New York I, is yeah, like, I just – what are they going to do? Trade their next 12 years of draft picks because they don't have anything worth a uh, player wise for Damian Lillard? You, you said that earlier, and I hit you with that. We're going to talk about this later. I don't think, I think to me, there's two teams who have the strongest trade packages for anybody. Well, Golden there's State. three. I think Golden State, I think Philly, because they do have the name of Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And I think the New York Knicks are next. They do have the R.J. Barrett. They do have Emmanuel quickly. They have they have two first-round picks this year. They could give up future first-round picks. But when you think about it, if I could get a R.J. Barrett, I could get Emmanuel quickly. I could have the 19 and 23 pick this year. I could have two to three picks next year. But even still, you you not. That's mid. Y'all can keep that. No, man. We, 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 uh, give, me, give me the Golden State package. Give me. You know, uh, Wiseman, Wiggins, seven and fourteen in a loaded draft, two lottery picks, and you know, probably take their draft capital for the next six seasons. You know, I mean that. That's yeah, probably gonna be I your mean, best I bet. do think Golden State has the strongest package. I think Philly at number two, just because they have the Ben Simmons aspect. But mm-hmm. I do think I think the Knicks have a really strong package, and then I think it makes sense for Dame because Dame Dollar is bigger than basketball. Dame Dollar is a rapper. They Dame Dollar make stage. music, and right. and look who's in look who's in New York, Jay Z. You know, <laughs> Dame Dollar start his music career like really get it up and cracking. I mean, he's had strong mm-hmm. features. You know, mm-hmm. he's had you know he's had Lil Wayne on the track, but 
for Dame Dollar to really boost his 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 marketability being in the city of New York. The only other there's only two other places the that you could basketball. do basketball. Yeah. Exactly. But there's only two other places in the country where you really look at and you could boost your marketability. And that's out there on the West Coast in Los Angeles. And that's mm-hmm. down south in Florida and South Beach. When it really comes to marketability and true being able to sales pitch of being more, bigger than basketball, I think when it comes to Miami, New York, in LA, and I think Miami is third when we talk about big cities and really marketability because LA is over there in Hollywood. New York is the Mecca. It's, you know, it's the Mecca of the rap game. When you think about it, it's just the Mecca of the urban culture. Mm-hmm. And that's the East coast, West coast. We take it way back to the nineties. And then you talk about Miami, which has become the new Southern Hollywood. If, if you would speak. And then you, you even talk about Atlanta when we talk about big cities, because that's the Mecca of the South at the end of the yeah. day, that is. But when you talk about South beach, it's just, Sunny, you know, sunshine state in Florida, no state taxes, all the big ballers got cribs in Miami. You link it with Ricky Rose. That's, you know, Lil Wayne be out there, Drizzy be out there. So Dame could really start his marketability. And so if it's not necessarily all about championships, but it's like I could go to a team that could compete. And I can um, market and, myself. I mean, let's and, be real. My boy been stuck in Portland, man. He's been, he been in Portland exactly. all the time. He's he, been he stuck. being a big city. Exactly. And so I think between Miami, LA, and New York, I think all of those could give him everything he wants. Now, granted, and even Golden State, the city of San Francisco, like you still in the state of California, you up he's there like in the north. Oakland. He's by the Crivo. You know what I'm saying? He, he's yeah, he would sure be right, that's, that's he's, he's straight from too. Oakland. So he'd be right across the bay. He'd be playing with Steph Curry and Clay. I ain't even trying rhyme. I'm not a rapper, but <laughs> I think that would be very intriguing. So I do. We talked about Dame. I want to hit real quick before we close out the okay. NBA finals. So real quick, I just want to get your opinion on the NBA finals. The series is tied two to two. For those of you that are listening on this good old bright and sunny Monday, hopefully wherever you're listening, game five will be played. But this is obviously prior to that. So we're going to give our take on game five real quick. And we're also mm-hmm. going to talk about just what you expect in game five. So it's two to two. Giannis is going nuts. Chris Middleton coming off a 40 point game that really ultimately Chris Paul's turnovers ruined Devin Booker's virtuoso. Mm-hmm. So game five, what do you expect and how big is this game five? Literally the game seven of the series. Ooh, um, it's game seven for Phoenix. I feel like Phoenix has to win this game. Uh, I think Milwaukee, honestly, this series is kind of giving me like, uh, you're a Miami fan. It's giving me 06 vibes. Um, I'm, I think Giannis, he's proven to be that he's taking his game up to another level. He knows who he is and he's, you know, maximizing what he is. He knows he can't be stopped. You can try to get in my way. I'm still going to go out here and get you 30 points. I'm going to get you 14 boards and mix in five, six assists. And you can, he's a constant. He's locked in. Um, the Suns are weak on the front line. If you if the Bucks get Aiden in foul trouble, it's a wrap. And for the Suns, they have to outshoot Milwaukee. If the threes are even like they were in game four, both teams, I believe, had made seven threes apiece. Milwaukee's going to win this game because they're going to win points in the paint. At least by every every game, they're going to win the points in the paint battle. So the Suns have to outshoot them. They need their wings, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and those guys to knock down three balls. That's going to be key. But I think, honestly, think the Bucks are going to rattle off four straight. I think the Bucks, when people listen to this on Monday, I think the Bucks won on Saturday night. 
So I'm taking Milwaukee for the rest of the, se- uh, rest of the series. They're winning uh, four straight. They're going to win the six. Yeah, so I took – prior to the series starting, I jumped on with uh, Max Van Auken, a, a good friend of the show, and I took Phoenix in seven. He took Phoenix in six. And I just look at kind of the depleting play of Chris Paul. He He's – increasing his number of turnovers. He's kind of not showing up late as the series goes on. He is 36 years old. I think age is becoming a factor into what he does. And then we're seeing Giannis not even 100% playing. He's having a legendary finals performance. He is. And He's having a legendary playoffs. We talk about the block. That is the, uh, the, the block heard around the world part two. <laughs> that block he had on DeAndre Ayton was probably the second greatest block of all time in NBA history, when we talk about playoffs, I mean, I think obviously, right, right. To me, exactly, and I think to me, LeBron was number one because when we really value the 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 play, it was in a game seven that led mm-hmm. to the victory and the ultimate championship. And it was in the last two minutes of that exactly. game, exactly, <laughs> and it came down to no buckets were scored again until Kyrie Irving hit that jump shot. So he ultimately prevented Golden State from really taking possibly a dagger of a layup to kind of end the game and win the championship. But then we look at Giannis and it's like, if they win this series, it's going to revert back to that block, which is why I put it at number two on the list, because we're going to look back at that block in game four and be like, that secured the victory for Milwaukee. It ultimately got them the championship. Mm -hmm. So I do think, you know, I, I tweeted about it. I talked about it, hit the group chat about it. And I was like that Giannis block has the potential to be legendary. We talk about the LeBron James block. We go back. Everybody remembers it. That's a play. People remember People remember the Jordan jump shot, you know, back in the 90s against Utah. We've seen it in commercials. Mm-hmm. But people remember where they were sitting when LeBron got that block and Kyrie hit that jump shot. Like, it was that legendary of a sequence. So I think this Giannis block has that same potential. And I do think, I think Milwaukee is steaming in. I don't know, though, because until a team wins away, I just can't. I still got Phoenix at seven, you, but I think is, Milwaukee has all the tools yeah, in the world yeah, to this win is on its a way game flow right now, bro. Because I mean, we just just real quick, we look back at that series in 06. The Mavs were the better team. They were the deeper team. They were the better team than the Heat that yeah. year. The Heat just had Shaq and Wade, and, and everybody Wade else was in his suit. bag. And Wade was in his bag, and that's just same thing right now with with uh, Giannis. Giannis has been in his bag, and if Chris Middleton shows up and gives you twenty five. I think this team wins it all, man. I think they win it all. Yeah, so so there you have it. This was a, a, a great show for everybody here listening on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. I 100% appreciate you for your listening, your viewing, your support. But I have my guy, Chris Bolton. Make sure you go check out the Checking Up with Chris Bolton podcast because if you loved what he had to say here, he says a lot more. He says all that and more on his podcast. Make sure and you go check out Off the Ball. We got some else special in the works coming too. Y'all be on the lookout. Off the Ball Y'all, Network. Y'all stay on the lookout. You know, uh, I won't spoil it, but there's there's some key players that have joined the network now that, that are going to be some some monumental pieces into what we got going. So make sure, with speaking of that, make sure you go offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs and entertainment. And also go to mybookie.ag using promo code OFFTHEBALL. They match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So if you're willing to start gambling and you're a sports gambler. We got the football season coming around. We got UFC. We got big boxing matches in the next couple months. Then we're going to turn around. The NBA season is going to be over with, and we're going to turn around in the start of the regular season of the NBA. The Olympics is coming. There's so hmm. many aspects of you to be able to bet 
and they will match. So if you put down a thousand dollars, they're giving you 500 free dollars to get to bet. So get the bet and go to mybookie.ag using promo code off the ball. Once again, they match 50% of your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. And on this edition of Up in Flames, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, with my guy, Chris Bolton. And on that note, Up in Flames is out.